This is a production of 1217 Media. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Christian's Corner. Uh, this is my second story time, and I have a feeling that it's going to be like a really good, juicy one. Oh my God, did the title give it away? <laughs> I'm sure that the title did give it away, but I want to um, start out first by saying that my first story time had like redeeming value to it, right? Because like it was funny, it was shocking, um, and it was definitely a learning experience for me. But this story time is going to be a lot different because it's just sad, it's shocking, and it's um, it's one of those things that you really wish didn't happen and was not true. But in my case, it was. So I'm going to be as um, conscious of how I speak and how what I share because I don't really want people to be like... Um, in the mindset that this is meant to be salacious more than it is just to simply share how relationships can literally take a turn for the worse if you are not aware of who you're friends with and you if you ignore a lot of red flags right and i ignored a lot of red flags in this particular relationship that has been kind of like the foundation of how i um vet a lot of people. Okay. Um, the number one thing that I would say that I learned in this situation is never become friends with your significant other, your spouse's, um, significant other or spouse. Don't try to force relationships. Right. And so this is going to be the underlying overlying theme for the entire story. And hopefully the takeaways from this will allow you to see some things in yourself. If you are the other person or if you're me of ways that being passive aggressive does not help and how ignoring red flags literally can lead to anything um, if you don't know who you're truly engaging with. All right. So let's get into it. So today's story is brought to you by uh, You Gonna Learn Today. And I did. <laughs> uh, the relationship was one that was... I was only friends with this person because my husband was friends with her husband, right? And so from there, we met each other. We started engaging. They were older than us. And um, yeah, we thought that it was cool. Every relationship that ends up crumbling or has ended up crumbling in our past was due to people who were older than us, simply not knowing who they were. Literally being very insecure um, and those insecurities playing out in our lives and in our relationship with them because we are not insecure individuals at all. And even if we had insecurities, both Courtney and my personality are the type that no one would know we had them because we're not really into making people give, you know, we don't need people's empathy. We don't want people to give us sympathy, love or affection or attention or any of that. Uh, we do pretty well with masking any emotions that really won't serve our relationships. Okay. So we do what we need to do and we move on. And that doesn't always work when you're engaging with people who don't know how to do that and handle their own emotions. Well, they end up projecting them on others and, and we end up getting to the point where we're about to hashtag ludicrous throw them bows in the sanctuary. Um, so I was friends with this person because of my husband's relationship with her husband. And as I stated, she was older than me. And um, we had a lot of tumultuous engagement where she would go back and forth in her 
behave in her behavior and in her attitude. Uh, one weekend she may be cool, nice, calm, collected. We hang out, we chill, we cook, uh, we eat. We're at their home, they're at our home, things like that. Um, but it was a very one-sided friendship where I was giving a lot. Like I'm a cook, okay? So if I'm your friend, well, back in the day, if I was your friend, I would come to your house and cook. Like if we gonna do a game night or watch a movie or something, I'm bringing all the ingredients and I'm throwing down in your kitchen and leaving the leftovers. Okay. Um, that's just the kind of friend that I am. Um, I have not in the past couple of years been that kind of friend because the people mess it up. Okay. The people mess it up for all y'all in the future. Y'all not get that no more. I may send something to your house, but I'm not coming through and I'm not cooking for you because it seems like my food made people go crazy. Okay. <laughs> no, but uh, we had instances where she would be super cool, super chill sometimes, some weekends. And then the following weekend, we would see her at church, see her and her husband, her family at church. They were arguing into it and that would project out onto other people. And it was always one of those things where I didn't know what I was going to get with this person. That should have been a red flag. No, actually, the first red flag should have been her broken relationship with her own family, her own siblings and her own mother. That is a big, big, big thing for me. And I'm sure I will do a video on that eventually. If certain people have a, a very broken foundation as far as how they were raised or who they don't get along with within their family, you can best believe that it's going to rear its ugly head in your relationship with them if they have not done the work to get healed from that. You are going to experience that in your relationship with them too. I'm telling you what I know because I've literally experienced it multiple times with multiple women throughout my young adult life. And that's why I have a very small circle, okay? Very, very small. But, and I'm sure a lot of you have small circles too, but that's really what the foundation, the breakdown of that is. So she had a very tumultuous relationship with her own family, her own siblings, her sisters and her mom. And I knew that, I mean, she would talk about them to me. So I knew uh, that this was the case, but it didn't seem like a red flag to me. Cause I'm like, well, we cool. So of course I didn't think, oh yeah, one day it's going to be you too. I didn't think I was going to have a hashtag me too moment with her, but I did. Um, and it would come in the form of me ending the, the friendship multiple times. And by that, I mean, I would just remove myself. I never had a meeting with her. We never went out to lunch and talked about not being friends. I simply would cut off communication because I got tired of the back and forth. Sometimes I speak to you, you don't speak back. Sometimes, you know, I, I put a joke out there or I say something or whatever, send a text or whatever, you don't reply. And it's, it was just always some kind of unstable drama. And I did not like it at all. It made me very uncomfortable and I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And so that happened about two or three times where I literally cut her off. I stopped talking to her. We would get back cool again. She would come up to me, apologize, hug me and say, I'm so sorry. Pray for me. It's me. It's not you. It's me. I need help. I want God to deliver me from this. And I'd be like, okay, I love you because I really did. I loved her. I really loved her. She was super funny. She was super cool. We were clown. We were both, you know, into heels, into fashion and all of that. And so I really did enjoy the friendship when it was up. Oh, but baby, when it was down, it was down. Okay. And so uh, there was a, a last and final straw where I decided I wasn't going to, you know, return back to the relationship. I was done with the friendship. I didn't need it. Um, it wasn't serving me. And I had moved on. And I actually had 
got a new career. Um, I was in radio at the time and Corny and my life was flourishing. Like we had so much good things, so many good things happening for us and everyone around us in our ministry at the time in that church could see it. Um, and her and her husband could see it too, but their lives weren't on the same like playing field, like the same things weren't happening in their lives that were happening in ours. And so we noticed like subtle things, you know, little subtle things of competition. We would get something, they would go get the same thing. You know, we would do something, they would do the same thing. And I'm not exaggerating at all, you guys. This should have been another red flag, but it wasn't. Um, we just thought it was cute and funny that we ended up having the same cars or the same devices or taking the same kind of trips. You know, or going to the same restaurants. So these kind of things were like little subtle hints, but it wouldn't be until I would end the relationship for good and stop talking to her. And that would go on for a couple of weeks that it would incite her to feel so angry and vengeful towards me for cutting her off that we would have a blow up uh, during a rehearsal at church. And so that happened where, you know, I made a comment. She snapped back at me. And it was instantly like I gave her uh, like some kind of, you, you know, signal that it was time. It was go time. And she showed up. OK. And so she showed her true colors to the point where her husband literally had to hold her back from trying to get to me. I was sitting down because I was like, whatever, like whatever it's going to be is just going to be because, you know, you clearly big mad and I'm not going to act up in the house of the Lord. Like our pastor's wife was there there. My husband was there. Her husband was there. Another musician and another person that was on uh, the team that we were rehearsing for was there. And so we're literally talking about her trying to physically attack me and her husband having to pull her shirt um, to get her to, you know, refrain herself. And so she's saying all of this stuff. And this is how you know a person really has had something in their hearts towards you for a while because all while she was doing what she was doing to get to me and I'm sitting down calmly, um, she's saying things like, I've been waiting to get to you. I've been itching to get you. Red flag number 1,452, okay? <laughs> like, girl, you have literally skated. You have ski, ski, y'all, y'all, ski, y'all, y'all. Like, I skied right past all her red flags. I did. I did because I wanted to see the good and we were in an organization together. We were in church together. And so when your when your husband's have a relationship and then you have a relationship with this person, you go off of your instances with them. You go off of each individual experience and you should start doing some kind of, you know, like assessment. Is this good? Do I enjoy her company? You know, is this edifying? Um, is Are we building each other up? Do we benefit each other's lives? Are we respectful of one another? Are we increasing in individuality as well as togetherness? And I wasn't marking any of those boxes. And for her to say the things that she started saying while she wanted to attack me in church in front of her children as well. Um, it just was like really eye-opening. It was so sad. I wasn't afraid. I knew that my if nothing else, okay, if I didn't feel like my hands was going to do the work of the Lord for her, um, I knew that A, my husband was not going to let her get to me. And B, if she did come over there, we were just going to have a very good, you know, uh, what does Judge Judy call it? Kerfuffle. It was going to be a nice kerfuffle. Nobody was going to go down without any, you know, knockout rounds. Um, but it, I mean, 
I just knew they wasn't going to get to physical, but it didn't stop the actual pursuit of the physical connection that she clearly wanted to get out. Um, and so when he, when her husband was able to get her out of the sanctuary and away from me, she was still in the front of the church saying things, saying things like it's going to be, if I get to you, it's going to be like a Rottweiler on a Chihuahua. <laughs> you know, um, what more do you need from that? What more do you guys need? What more would anyone need to hear that this is what has been in your heart all along? You know, it was very unfortunate. It was very sad. I was very, you know, upset and angered by it. I think I was most upset and angered by it because children were present and because I knew I hadn't done anything to her other than cut her off. I knew I hadn't talked about her. I knew I hadn't um, lied on her. I knew I hadn't tried to get with any, I hadn't done anything other than remove access. I just, I, I, I access denied. I denied her access to my life, to my energy, to my emotions, to my presence. And that was enough to set her off. Um, and it went, you know, go from there to actually having to have a meeting. Like we literally that night had to go to my pastor's house. His wife called, called him because she's sitting in, the, she's in the sanctuary watching it all unfold, like in disbelief. And so we all did, like, it was a late night thing where we were out until like nine, 10 o'clock trying to discuss this. Cause I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to press charges, but I definitely wanted her to feel something for how she made me feel. Like I've never had anybody lunge at me and attempt to attack me, let alone in church. Um, and I really, that was the adrenaline and the anger that wanted her to actually have some repercussions for that. But since no contact was made, it was nothing I could have done. Um, but yeah, that was my experience of what it looks like when a person cannot do what they want to do to you and continue to subject you to their anger and their uh, resentment or their insecurities, they literally will go a different way about getting what they want from you, that attention. And I think that the craziest thing about it is when word got back to everybody else in the ministry that it had happened, I had people literally sending me messages and calling me, trying to get me to, you know, reconcile with her. Like, you know, give her another chance. She was just hurting that she had lost the relationship. Um, you know, the devil will use anyone when he, when he lies to them and tells them lies about who they're with, you know, who they are and who they want to be friends with. And I'm on the phone like, are you crazy? Like, I don't, I don't know what part of your brain cells are not computing. You didn't see what I saw in her. You didn't see the, the raw feelings and emotions of you finna catch these hands that she was trying to deliver to me. I don't know what else needs to be gave. She was giving what it was supposed to give. Okay. Um, she wanted to anyway. And so I believed that out of all of the other things that led us to that point, I ignored, I ignored the, the broken relationship and the poor relationship between her and other women who should have been her core. I ignored that. I ignored that broken relationship for her with her family. I ignored the red flags of her being in and out of, you know, um, uh, pleasurable, uh, feelings and emotions and engagement. I no longer enjoyed her presence. I no longer enjoyed the relationship because it was so up and down. It was never consistent. Um, I didn't enjoy 
well, I, I, I ignored the, the competition, the, the desire to compare and to compete when Courtney and I were just simply living. I ignored those red flags. And when I finally decided to acknowledge them, I was the one who was put in a position to protect myself, to protect my energy, to protect my person. And that's never what any level of engagement should come to. I am not on basketball wives and I am not a housewife yet. Okay. So I should not be a part of anything that turns physical, especially when you are old enough to be my oldest sister. Like I told her that night in that meeting we had, you literally are the same age as my oldest sister. Like I was a whole, I was zero when you was 10. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you acting like this? What is it that's broken that would cause you to, you know? But anyway, uh, there was no reconciliation of that relationship. It actually was the cause of like the, that was the last straw that led to us leaving the ministry that we were in in Mississippi um, before we moved to Texas because I did not like the way that the pastor handled that conflict. Um, he actually suggested that I come to church with a bat if I didn't feel safe and sit in his office and watch the service from the streaming. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, when I tell y'all I got stories for days about people in the church, I have stories for days. I just don't know how much time I have to record. But um, those are my takeaways. That's my reality. Those are the things that I hope you will focus on and that you will pay attention to in your relationships. Not just people in church, but people in your family, people at your job, people in school with you, wherever you may go. If you are friends with anyone, realize that they have a past, they have a history. You do too. But make sure you're being the friend to others that you want people to be to you. And if you can't do that, don't be friends with anyone at all. But do not be toxic. Do not choose to lash out at people if you can't get the response or the engagement or the attention that you want from them. Their lives do not belong to you. Friendship is something you choose. And in the words of my mother, I will never forget this saying that my mother told me. A friend is a gift that you give to yourself. Would you give yourself a snake? See y'all in the next one. Bye. This is a production of 1217 Media.